right? You're sharing the trail with a lot of hikers, you're sharing the trail with bikers and even equestrians. So being able to use your trail etiquette is crucial here in Sedona, just because you're, you're going to have to, I mean, there's people out there. Um, so knowing the right of ways, um, you know, being super polite and making sure that mountain biking maintains their access here, uh, because the last thing we want to do is give mountain biking a bad name here in Sedona. Hi, I'm Reed Singh, and this is Adventure Travel with Troop Outside, a podcast where we interview adventurers, local guides, and outdoor industry experts to uncover the best travel spots and human-powered adventures from around the globe. Before we jump in, I have a quick favor to ask you, that if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It would truly mean a lot. Hey, thanks again for joining me today, Evan. Uh, Evan, and just a quick background for people listening. We took a lesson from Sedona Mountain Bike Academy last year, uh, Julie and I, and we've been riding for, I don't know, embarrassed to say, like almost 18 years and been doing a lot of things wrong. And that was... Uh, the humbling experience of learning that, you know, there's been years of bad uh, form or just lack of knowledge. That's, you know, not made me a better rider, even though I've been putting in more years on the bike and more miles on the bike. It's really going back to the basics on a lot of this stuff. And the only regret that I have about the lesson is I should have taken it 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, I've been such a big, um, preacher of mountain bike lessons or just lessons in general to not only just improve sport, but safety, uh, enjoyability on the trail. So you're just like, you know, you're not struggling with some of these things that you're hitting over and over again, and you have to get off your bike and walk. You can actually ride the trail that's, you know, technical or hard. So thank you for that incredible lesson. Julie and I have both uh, taken so much of it that we wanted to have you back on the, have you on the podcast to share some of the topics and tips uh, and encourage people to consider taking a lesson met, regardless of where they are in their journey and their individual sport. In this example, we'll talk about mountain biking. So thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So um, I'm curious about how long you've been down in, in Sedona. Uh, what inspired you to start giving lessons? What were you doing before Sedona Mountain Bike Academy? Uh, walk sure. us through how you got started. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, so Sedona, I've been, I've been in Sedona now for, uh, four and a half years. And, uh, like I told you before, I moved here from Vail, Colorado, and that's kind of where I really picked up mountain biking was when I moved to Colorado. Um, but prior to Colorado, I think the teaching seed was planted at an early age. Um, I come from like a long lineage of teachers. My mother was a school teacher. My sister was a school teacher. Um, and it's just kind of like how you communicate uh, within the family. Um, but actually at the time I was a, a young tennis player. So my first job in high school, I was a tennis professional or I was a tennis pro at a country club. So I was teaching and learning how to communicate in that environment. Um, so I always kind of, I just felt at home in that type of scenario, you know? Yeah. Um, and then when I graduated college, that's when I was like, I'm moving to Colorado. I'm picking up mountain biking because it's what I always wanted to do. Uh, I just couldn't because of tennis. 
and yeah, once I dove headfirst into mountain biking, um, you know, I knew I wanted to be in the industry, but I didn't know where I, I fit in, you know, I, I, I wasn't sure. So I just started getting jobs here and there. I worked for Imba and Boulder. Um, and that gave me a really wide vision of what the mountain bike industry is because they have their hand in everything from trail right. advocacy, trail advocacy to they even have an instructor certification program. So I saw, I saw that at the time. Um, and I really could kind of pick and choose like what Avenue I wanted to go into. Um, and yeah, so what, when I finally moved to Sedona, um, I, started working at Thunder Mountain Bikes, which is or formerly known as Over the, the Edge. Edge. Yeah, formerly known as Over the Edge. Um, and I became the general manager there. And from there, uh, I was like, okay, you know, this is great, but it's not exactly what I want to do. So I got a job with Hermosa Tours and I was guiding. And then it was like, oh, that light went off. And I was like, oh man, this is definitely more my path, more where I belong um, in the industry. Um, so I was guiding and when I was guiding, I ended up teaching a lot just because people would naturally be like, Hey, how do you, how do you do that? How do you ride that feature? Um, yeah. so I, I just started teaching during my tours and, uh, I was reminded that I love it and that this is kind of, you know, my place in the world. And, yeah. uh, so we started looking into ways on how we could, how we could make it a reality in, in Sedona. And it was just kind of right time, right place. You know, there weren't a lot of people doing it uh, at the time. And yeah, we can go into that later, but it's just, yeah, we, we love what we do and I get to teach on my bike every day. It's pretty sweet. Absolutely. And what an amazing way to like find what you love and, you know, let natural progression. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's not easy as just like a straightforward, clear shot at exactly what you're going to do, but it's so great that you found your passion for teaching or knowing your skill. I was just like, a, you know, you're good at it because there's a lot of incredible mountain bikers that can't break down what exactly they're doing to be able to, you know, translate that into how to actually improve. And I think that's the big differentiator in someone that's a coach and is a professional coach versus just a friend that's a really great mountain biker. And do they have the patience? Do they have the ability to break down what's happening to be able to translate that into a step-by-step -step, uh, natural progression of how to ride these features and skills? That's totally true. I mean, some of the best mountain bike coach coaches out there, they're not the best riders. They're not the, the pro enduro racers, you know? They're the best communicators and they can identify uh, skill errors, you know, they can, they can see these things. So it has a lot more to do with just how good you are on a bike. Absolutely. Um, and you guys have, uh, several different coaches that you guys can partner people up with. I love that you guys have an option to go with a female coach. If that's, uh, what the customer wants, because a lot of times it can be intimidating to learn from guys or just the different uh, communication methods so you guys have what's your team like now how many people do you have yeah so we're we're really lucky being in Sedona I mean it's a riding riding mecca and because of that we have a lot of seasonal people coming through to ride um, and we are just in a, a lucky position where we were able to latch on to those those riders through the bike shop 
Um, and we currently have 10, we have 10 other wow. instructors on our team. I mean, I will say a lot of them are seasonal. So some of them are gone yeah. during the summer or gone during the winter. Um, but yeah, if, if we were to gather everyone, we have in between 10 and 12 people actually. Uh, That's incredible. And coach from time to time for us. So pretty cool. cool. Um, what's so to date, like if you had to guess over the four and a half years, how many individual lessons do you think you've done? If you had to guess, I know it's, it's probably hard. Yeah. You know, my mind doesn't even keep track of these things to be honest, but I'll give you just an idea of my schedule and then we can kind of yeah. figure it out. So, um, this past spring I coach, we have a after school uh, bike club program where I mm -hmm. coach four afternoons a week. So I'm, I'm teaching elementary school, middle school, and high school uh, four different days during the week. And then I'm coaching private lessons and clinics on top of that. So on average, I would say average, I'm coaching five days a week, um, you know, and potentially double lessons on some of those days. <laughs> wow. so, so it's so it's a lot. Like a lot 20 lessons a week at least. And you're well, going, I don't know about 20. I would say, you know, if you're counting the youth program, I would say, you know, 10, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. 10 lessons a week or something like that. So, yeah. So that's the like 500 plus lessons per year. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to get at is you're writing a lot when you're out there. It's keeping you in such incredible shape too. You're getting so many yeah. miles. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it it's definitely an active position. <laughs> that's a, that's incredible. You get to get out and do what you love every day. Out of those, you know, thousands of lessons, when you think about it uh, over the years, what are some obvious things that stick out? Like, uh, not to make a top five list, but some some common things that you've come across over all that time that you feel like either beginner, intermediate, or advanced level, or you can split them up for beginners, intermediate, or advanced separately, or uh, if it applies to all of them, some common things that you see people doing incorrectly that could make a big difference by taking a lesson or that you can help point out that a person's not aware of. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it all, I mean, it definitely just depends on the individual, you know, what they've learned throughout their, their journey as a mountain biker. But for beginners, I mean, the, the main fundamental skill that we harp on is always body position, right? Um, having the right ready position. And that's, it's so important because I, just similar to you, I had been biking for 20 years and then I took my first lesson. So uh, I realized how many things that I had been doing wrong. And, and the main thing was my, my ready position, what position I am in all the time as an, I'm, I'm approaching a feature or I'm approaching a corner. Um, it, it was incorrect. So we try to dial in where your weight distribution needs to be, what your body needs to be doing while it's on the bike uh, as a beginner. And then the second error that I see all the time with beginners is not using, if they have a dropper post, not actually using their dropper post effectively or not using it enough. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of like uh, a home run almost every lesson is getting to get them to actually drop their post more often. And that allows you to have a lower center of mass. Uh, when you have that lower body position, your confidence goes through the roof, you're more stable, you have more traction. Um, 
you're way more balanced, you know, finding that lower position is just like the home run with beginners. And, you know, Absolutely. I think you, you found that with your lesson as well. It's just uh, totally confidence inspiring. Yeah. And then you go into, um, uh, I think a lot of times intermediate or advanced level writers are a bit more hesitant to maybe take a lesson, you know, maybe there's some ego involved or you feel like you've just been doing it long enough. You've seen enough that you don't need any more coaching, but what are some of the, the moments or things that come out of like advanced writers? So what are some of the things that they're looking for? Uh, yeah. Maybe specifically in Sedona because you have so many difficult features there. So mm -hmm. uh, I know I love teaching intermediate and advanced uh, level lessons because basically you're right they all have the mentality of like i've already learned that but then i always revisit a little bit of fundamentals and always revisit the ready position and 90 percent of the time people are blown away with what they what they didn't know so mm -hmm. advanced riders i mean they they can really benefit from stepping back and revisiting the fundamentals but with that said um I think for intermediate riders, the next step, once you kind of dial in the right body position is getting bike body separation. So being able to be dynamic with the bike, um, you know, what you think you're doing isn't always the case. Uh, and so we do a lot of video analysis with our, with our students to see how much are you leaning the bike over? Or are you actually, you know, getting into that, that correct forward position on the climb? Um, so dialing in that dynamic position uh, with intermediate riders would be, I think, the main skill that we focus on. And then for advanced riders, uh, we like to spend a lot of time at the bike park and mm -hmm. we introduce the theory of pumping. So we spend a lot of time at our local pump track and being able to ride a trail like a pump track with dynamic weight shifts and using pressure control in the corners. Um, those are more, more advanced skills that we kind of harp on and, and we introduce to advanced riders because a lot of advanced riders have just been riding trail for years and they don't understand how dynamic you need to be on, on the bike as you, as you ride through. That pump track was a game changer. It's, I, I wish I had that as a kid I, and all these kids coming out that are like, have this in their neighborhood. They're going to be such incredible riders in the future. I know uh, if you watch a BMX rider ride a trail, it's like, it's a beautiful thing because they know how to pump through a trail and that yeah. you know, it's such a great skill to have. So yeah. We, yeah, absolutely. And, and if you can visualize it, yeah, you're at the peak of um, a roller or a, something and then when you get to the top you can pump your way down on the descent to reduce the amount of pedaling you have to do which is it's not less work necessarily but just the way you flow through a trail really changes and it's hard to describe but uh it's so enjoyable i feel like it really gets you in like that state of flow of riding so much more and you feel the trail so much more instead of just like struggling with it you're you're using the trail features to uh, I guess it's like riding a wave you know and when you get to the ah. top you just want to like descend down it and use it and when you need to go up you you compress at the bottom it's it's really incredible so if you have a pump track close to wherever you're living or if you're visiting some of these places like Moab and Sedona they have pump tracks or bike parks it's a great place to practice and just go out there 
uh, take a bunch of turns and just see what that feels like. And I think a lot of times it's, they even have like, I think Moab is doing a great job of that, putting small drops in so you can practice drops over and over again without mm -hmm. having to try it on the trail. So That's whoever's right. building these parks, keep going because they're amazing. That's, that's true. Yeah, um, I mean, the, go ahead. Go ahead. No, please go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, the pump track, for anyone who is not familiar with the pump track, I mean, I, I really feel that they are uh, inefficiency magnifiers, right? If you're not efficient in a pump track, you will not be able to maintain your speed. So being able to maintain that speed and actually gain speed as you work through the pump track is the goal. And there's no way to do that except spending lots of time at the pump track and learning what it's like to to pump through. So yeah, absolutely. Um, what are you, are you guys getting a lot of? Are you seeing the growth in mountain biking as a sport in general from beginners as people are seeking to get outdoors more? Outdoor recreation in general is blown up. You know, hiking has become one of the most popular things to do, and it's a great thing uh, since the pandemic. And mountain biking, I think cycling in general became a really popular sport and I can see the same happening with mountain biking with beginners that are looking to get into the sport. What are some common uh, challenges or fears that you see uh, with beginners and what are some easy ways to overcome, you know, the mental side of mountain biking and overcoming the fear of falling, for example. Um, and what are some of the other things that you, you that you see as common uh, challenges or mental roadblocks when someone's trying to get into mountain biking? Yeah, um, I think that people try to take too large of a step when they're when they're beginning. You know, they don't they don't use progression, <laughs> and okay. that's that's kind of what we what we teach, right? If you want to hit a ten foot drop, uh, a lot of riders are like, okay, well, let me go hit a seven foot drop and and whatnot. And that's just too big, right? You need to work on dialing in the right form on a two foot drop, then dialing it in on a four foot drop and so on. And just taking those small steps to get to that 10 foot drop. So I think people bite off more than they can chew immediately, right? They, they don't mm -hmm. know uh, how to properly, um, you know, improve at, at a at a slower rate, I guess. Take it so, easy. Yeah, yeah take it easy. Um, so use logic to appeal to your your progression, right? Um, the other thing too is uh, study the skill that you're you're working on, right? Really understand what it is that that you need to do to improve. And if you don't really understand how to corner, you're not going to be able to corner, right? So watching those videos, having a coach. Uh, there's lots of ways that you can really have a deeper knowledge of that particular skill. Um, so that's another way to help out. And then mm -hmm. as, as you as you mentioned, the mental aspect is equally important. So positive self-talk, visualizing, um, you know, if you're going to hit that drop, visualize it going well, what it's going to feel like before you go do it. There's lots of ways to get your mind right before you before you attempt the skill. That's huge. Yeah. Visualizing is such an underrated, and I think athletes and like Olympians, they do this all the time and they're, you see yourself succeeding instead of thinking that you're going to hit a tree or you're going to fall, visualize yourself rolling through it, hitting the jump or riding over that feature and successfully cleaning it. Because when you're actually doing it, you felt like you've been there before. Is that the, the kind of the, the secret? 
Totally. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, those think, are super helpful. Yeah. I mean, as you progress as a writer and you start doing bigger and bigger features, that's going to become really important, you know, because you need to get your mind right in order to, in order to land successfully. So. Absolutely. Uh, this is probably uh, not, this is not going to be sponsored by any mountain bike company because they probably won't, don't want this answer, but what percent of riding skill do you feel like is the bike versus your skill itself? Because I personally feel like it's like 70% skill, 30% bike. Of course, the bike's going to help you in the future, make you like way better when you get better and better. But uh, what are your, what's your take on that? Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, it's, wait, are you saying it's mostly bike or skill? I'm sorry. Skill. I'm saying 70% yeah, oh. skill. For sure, skill. I mean, some of some of my friends who ride, I mean, they can ride a fully rigid bike better than most people ride a downhill bike, you know, with all of the suspension and all the gadgets. Uh, it's definitely the skill of the rider, 80%, 90%. Um, you know, but I will say that the new bikes uh, these days, it's, it's pretty nice. <laughs> it's pretty nice. They do help have. a lot. They do it's help nice a lot. The geometry and the confidence of of a slacker head tube angle and a dropper post, you know, there are certain things that are crucial to your success with yes. uh, skills. I will say that, but um, even with a fully rigid bike and a straight post, I've seen people do some incredible things. So absolutely. Uh, 80%. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm trying to uh, pitch that before you just get out go out and, and get a new bike and you think that's auto, you know that's what's holding you back invest in a, a lesson or take a friend out or someone that really knows what they're doing and try to focus a bit more on the skill you can even take youtube watch youtube videos and go out there and practice on one thing because you'll be surprised how much you can improve just by focusing on the skill if that's where you're going for if you if you just want the confidence uh, whatever that might be for you. Of course, having fatter tires and dropper seat posts and more slack uh, and suspension, you're going to get over some stuff, but it's not, mm-hmm. you know, you can save some money there to, to invest in the skill. That doesn't matter what bike you're riding, you're going to have a, a better time. Yep. Um, so you're four and a half years in Sedona. You've probably ridden every single trail that exists there. And this is probably a loaded question, but you know, you could do your best to answer, but some of, if you're on your days off, you're just going to get out and ride. What are some of your favorite trails to ride and why? Yeah, that's, you know, it's like, what, what flavor do you like? You know, it's kind of hard to say what it depends. It depends what I'm in the mood for, but I would say if I'm in the mood for like more of a flowy pedally experience, just kind of like, tune the, the mind off a little bit and, you know, get into that meditative state. Um, I would say out in West Sedona, there's endless opportunities. So that's going to be Gardner, Outer Limits, Mescal, Chuck Wagon. It's all pretty much intermediate riding. Mm-hmm. Um, so just going out there and there's, you know, over a hundred miles of single track out there. So you can just go forever and there's nobody out there too. So you, you can really just kind of zone out and, enjoy yourself in nature. And so that's, that's a special experience, but if you want to take it up a notch, I would say my favorite technical trail would be Highline just because it has, okay. has everything. It has the fast flowy parts. It has the slow technical, um, you end up by the river, 
you know, it, ha it has a, and then an impossible climb up out. So you have, it tests everything that you have as a rider. And it's, yeah, it's definitely, I think, Sedona's signature trail. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have yet to hit Highline. So uh, next time I come out, I'm going to, I'm going to take you up on a mountain bike lesson and ride Highline together. I gotcha. I gotcha. That'd be awesome. And I couldn't <laughs> agree more with the, the West Sedona side and what, what I really like about that side too is like you don't really need to plan that much. You can just kind of go. Mm -hmm. Anytime you want to shorten it, there's really great connectors to make it a short ride or you can check in with yourself and say, I'm feeling great. I'm going to add on another loop, go go further out. Uh, mm -hmm. I absolutely love that system. Um, yep. It is really incredible compared to the Oak Creek side where it could be a little bit crowded because you have a few more beginners mm -hmm. doing the cathedral loop. Um, there's probably, you know, there's so much, uh, Sedona's blowing up. What are some things that are there, things that are coming to mind in Sedona with new riders that you'd like to share? We're really big on making sure that if we're sending anybody to new, new visitors to an area or uh, new to the outdoors, we wanna make sure that we're doing leave no trace principles, responsible recreation, are there things that come to mind specific to Sedona that you'd like to share with people that haven't ridden in Sedona before um, or just in general, that's some uh, challenges that Sedona trails are facing? Yeah, for sure. Um, so if you haven't been to Sedona before, I mean, it has to be one of the most heavily recreated forest service districts in the United States. I mean, it's insane the amount of people that we come through here. But um, don't get me wrong, we have over 300 miles of single track here, so you can spread out that usage and you can still enjoy your ride. It's not like, you, you know, I mean, even on our busiest days, I still enjoy when I go out and pedal. It's not too crowded. Um, but with that said, you're sharing the trail, right? You're sharing the trail with a lot of hikers. You're sharing the trail with bikers and even equestrians. So being able to use your trail etiquette is crucial here in Sedona just because you're, you're going to have to. I mean, there's people out there. Um, so knowing the right of ways, um, you know, being super polite and making sure that mountain biking maintains their access here, uh, because the last thing we want to do is give mountain biking a bad name here in Sedona. So, um, you know, during our, all of our lessons, we make sure that we lead by example by being super accommodating to other trail users and just being as positive of, of an influence as we possibly can, you know? Awesome. Uh, yeah. And then, um, and then the cryptobionic soil. Yeah. If you can tell us a bit more about it. Uh, I, I'll probably won't do it justice. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Well, people are like, what type of soil did you say? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> soil. <laughs> Cryptobiotic soil. So um, for the listeners out there, cryptobiotic soil essentially is the type of soil that we have um, in Sedona. And what it essentially is, is over time, it takes hun hundreds of years to develop. And basically, it catches water and nutrients in a certain way that it supports the plant life around it. Right. So it's this very fragile type of soil that we have that essentially collects water and nutrients. Um, and that's why Sedona is so green. Right. And people come to Sedona and they're like, wow, I thought it was going to be the desert, just like a barren wasteland. 
but you come here and there's plant life everywhere. And that's what makes Sedona so magical. That's why we have vortexes here, right? It's because it's mm -hmm. so, uh, so green and so full of life. And the reason for that is because of our soil. And so why this relates to Mount Mike lessons is because we have to respect that soil. And so we always give a spiel between, uh, before our lessons, if we're going out on trail, that we have to stay on the trail. All right, people are like, why can't I just go use the restroom out on, you know, in the woods? Well, it's because you're going to be trampling on that cryptobiotic soil. Uh, so we have to use the bathrooms at the trailheads and we have to uh, make sure that when we stop, we're not pulling off onto that soil. You know, we're, we're just putting one foot off of the trail when we're pulling over. So there's lots of ways that we, we go through protecting our environment. And um, yeah, that soil is so important. So good. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> no, thanks for sharing it. I think it's one of those things um, because it has such an everlasting impact and it's cryptobiotic, biotic, not bionic, which is like a <laughs> Terminator 2 which is a different type of soil. <laughs> um, yeah. I thought it's really interesting because how long it takes for it to recover. You know, I think it's, that's what stayed with me is, is like 50 or hundred years or more for it to get back to its fully uh, developed form where it can, you know, sustain that plant life. So, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, stepping on it or crushing it is not just like, Hey, next year it's going to be back. It's going to, it's going to take a while. So let's mm -hmm. do our part to help protect it. Um, what are some tips? Uh, so I really loved what you did with the, the bike lesson is not just about the skills, but you can help yourself out a lot by making sure that your bike is set up properly. So what are some bike setup checklists that you guys go through? And I guess I'm setting it all up to be, this is not just a mountain biking skills lesson. This is a overarching mountain biking lessons, body position, it's bike setup. What are some things that you guys go through um, yeah. in a bike setup that you could share with people that if they're uh, something they can take back and make sure that they're doing pre-ride? Yeah, for sure. Um, so bike setup is so important because I think it's a common thread throughout mountain biking that you just kind of hop on and go, you know, you give the old tire, the squeeze test and you, you're ready to rock. Um, and what we try to stress is that that's just not good enough. Right. Um, because it's like skiing on a different pair of skis, right. Or playing, playing basketball with a basketball that's inflated differently. Um, you have to have that consistency in order to play your best. And so that's what we, we stress with our bike setup. And where, where we start is always with um, tire pressure, knowing your tire pressure. And we, we stress having a, an actual digital gauge, not just using a floor pump or giving the squeeze test. Also knowing your numbers, right? What is your front tire pressure versus your back? Um, and then we move on to your, your fork and your shock pressure, knowing what that needs to be. And it's all about establishing a baseline. And that's, that goes for tire pressure and shock pressure, uh, starting somewhere and then adjusting to find your sweet spot because the recommended pressure, I don't use what the recommended pressure is. I had to find what works for me, right? Sure. Um, so we try to dial that in with all of our lessons and make sure that people are feeling good with their mountain bikes and then the last and most important part of it is knowing that you have to check it before every ride. 
Um, mm -hmm. And that's because when you drive to trailheads, you're gaining or losing elevation, uh, temperature changes. That changes the air pressure in your tire and your, you know, your suspension as well. So there's lots of factors that are going to fluctuate with your bike. And the only way that I feel comfortable riding is knowing, you know, right before I ride, I check everything. And it's just a habit. It's, it's, a, it's a successful habit that you get into as you become a good rider. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that that's the main part is just doing it every single time. So it just becomes part of the routine, just like throwing a helmet on or anything else. So yep. uh, this is super helpful. If I could not encourage uh, enough people to go out and take a lesson. And if you don't find value in it, you can come back and tell me and I'll give your money back. This is not <laughs> offer void in Utah. <laughs> but seriously, it's, it's incredible. Uh, I, I'm going to we're going to really emphasize lessons on trip outside because that is something not just for beginners, but just a more enjoyable ride. When you're out there, you're more likely to stay in the sport. Uh, you can also enjoy the sport more, get over more features, try new trails. Personally for me, the being able to go up technical features was one of my favorite things that I got out of it because I was able to compress right before, or you can pump right before you get to the technical feature and it makes it so much easier to ride over it. And that was something I was personally struggling with. So if you're listening to this, get out there, get a lesson. If you're visiting Sedona, what an incredible way to check out the trails. You can go out there and check, learn about the trails, you ride, and then you spend the next few days, go out there crushing on yourself. Maybe you get a, uh, a couple of hours or a half day or a full day, uh, check out Sedona Mountain Bike Academy. I, I will ask, uh, one thing I forgot to uh, ask is what are the different types of lessons that you guys offer? What are all the, the options sure. for someone that's visiting? Yeah, um, so we have uh, private lessons running year round. So anytime you come into Sedona, Sedona, you can book a private instructor for yourself. Um, we also do group lessons. So we have a group lesson rate if you have a, a few friends and you want to come in with like four of your buddies, it's actually really, really quite affordable. If you get the more people you have, the more affordable it becomes. So that's a, that's a fun way to grab a bunch of friends and, and learn some skills. Uh, and then we run week or I would say we'll probably have five to six skills clinics running this fall. Uh, we take a little breather in the summertime just cause it's so hot here. Uh, but once the fall kicks in, uh, we'll be having two-day skills clinics over the fall. So uh, those are just like total immersive experience where we go through everything from bike setup, bike maintenance, uh, uh, fun fundamental skills, um, progression sessions. We have a bike park session. So you really get the full gamut of what we teach uh, throughout the weekend. Um, and then, of course, we have our amazing youth development program. So anytime that you bring your kids through. Uh, we may be having some weekly youth sessions going on where we ride at the, the bike park or we take them out on trail uh, and that'll be happening this fall as well. So that's lots incredible. Of, lots of ways to get involved. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think uh, whatever, I think a group lesson is fun, but if you're just, if you're not sure if you want to go with a bunch of people, just grab an individual lesson and uh, it's, it really does make your, your entire mountain biking experience much more enjoyable. Um, Evan, thanks so much for, for all the tips and all the helpful 
sharing all your knowledge of, over the years and even if somebody doesn't go physically take a lesson hopefully that's found a lot of value in this in this podcast yeah thank you so much for having me and i look forward to when we can ride again hey there adventure seekers thank you for listening to another episode of adventure travel with trip outside if you enjoyed the conversation please share it with your friends leave us a review on apple Podcasts, and subscribe to stay up to date on where we travel to next If you felt inspired to travel, go to tripoutside.com. It's the fastest way to book outdoor adventures all in one place.